Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And you're in for a real treat today because we are going to get into the weeds on innovation. I have with me Syed Hussein. Syed, in February, became co-founder and CEO of Liquidity Digital, a blockchain-based fintech firm that is building an end-to-end digital security system. So, Syed, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be back on. So could you explain to the audience, what is an end-to-end digital security system? Sure, sure. So why don't I start out by just taking a step back and explaining first, before we go into what the system is, let's talk about what the basic itself is that the system is going to have on it, which is digital securities. And before we talk about digital securities, let's just talk about securities in general. So... As you recollect, in the last conversation that we had, we were it, it's, everything was around the blockchain space, and within blockchain, it was all about the, taking assets and the concept of taking those assets and digitizing those assets, and that's what led to the whole ICO craze. And the one thing that the ICO world did prove was the fact that traditional forms of capital formation were simply not keeping pace with what the capital demand that the markets are. So as a result of that, there was a massive appetite for people that were looking for newer mechanisms to raise capital. And traditionally, when you're looking at raising capital, you go to the capital markets and within the capital market, you raise capital through registered security issuances. The problem that happened in the ICO world was that the vast majority of these capital raises that were done, even though they were under the guise of what we call utility tokens, there were, in essence, there were really securities offerings that were done. So that's when the regulatory authorities started to come in and say, oh, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? You can't just get around regulation. And really what you guys are, these are securities offerings that you guys are putting out. What blockchain enabled people to do was to take their existing assets and those assets in the form of traditional securities. But now you're able, because of technology, where it is now, you're able to digitize and securitize those assets. And those became digital securities. That's what's known as digital securities. And what we have now is a new concept called digital security offerings out from the ICO world, which were initial coin offerings. And the big, and this is a major, major difference between the ICO world versus the DSO world is that DSOs inherently are wrapped around regulatory compliance based on what the regulatory rules are within that particular jurisdiction that they're issued in. So what we are doing at Liquidity is we're building essentially a platform that will allow for the issuance of these regulated programmable digital microsecurities, which will pave the way for where the capital markets are going into, which is taking them from traditional capital markets and the route of digital capital market formation. 
So you've got a fairly robust process around this, and I was wondering if you could describe for our audience, start with really just the benefits to users of digital securities on blockchain, uh, because several of the points articulated on your website are really directly within the wheelhouse of compliance, but also just the general business process. Sure, sure. So look, I mean, the way that we look at it, there are three types of users. First type of user would be the issuer who is uh, issuing out the security. The second type is going to be the investor who will be purchasing the security. And the third type are the guys who are what we call the distribution network, right? The broker dealers or the platforms that provide that. So what are the benefits of digital securities? Well, first off, the most important benefit is that they're regulatory compliant. Number one, so both from an issuer's perspective as well as from an investor's perspective, everyone can be ensured that they're adhering to what the laws of the land are. So there's investor protection that's inherently built into it. But that exists also for traditional securities as well, right? So why digital securities? Well, what digital securities do is digital securities, they are now bringing in the possibilities and opportunities that within the traditional world were not even possible. So for example, or I wouldn't say not possible, but we're not pragmatic or we're not practical. So as an example, because these things are built on top of blockchain, the one thing that comes with it is security, right? So it's a very, very secure protocol. So security is one issue that's immediately tackled. The other piece that's tackled is transparency. So immediately you're able to, it's stored on an immutable record and it's something else. And because of that, you're able to have a clear lineage on any changes, any sort of changes of ownership, any transfers of ownership that have taken place. You're able to keep track of these and these are available for the constituents to, uh, to consume and to view. The other piece on top of that is accessibility. So accessibility in the current market, it's very, very difficult for people that are not within a certain area to have access to these things, right? So for example, if I'm someone who's sitting out in India or in the Philippines, I can't just access the U.S. market or access to a share in, let's say, a Google or a Lyft or, or Facebook. I don't have the benefit of being able to do so. Well, with digital securities, all of a sudden accessibility becomes very, very easy and you're, you're expanding out into, into the global markets. Another thing that comes into it is because these are programmable securities and these are smart contracts in which you've already decided and introduced based on a certain criteria being met, what it's going to do. It brings in efficiency through automation it starts to disintermediate, which ultimately leads to efficiency and efficiently leads to massive cost reduction. So there's tremendous amounts of cost savings. And ultimately, because again, these are digital securities and because of the fact that there are multiple secondary exchanges that are out there, because there's so many people that have accessibility to it, the end result is the holy grail of any sort of an investment that people want to touch upon, which is ultimately gaining access to the massive amounts of liquidity. Sad, I would have to say that it strikes me that another, if not full stakeholder in this process, but certainly user in this process, is the regulator. And they may be, if not the beneficiary, one of the beneficiaries, because particularly in this space, regulators, I think, are looking at this, not with a jaundiced eye, but a very close eye, to make sure that laws that were frankly passed in the 1930s are being fulfilled and complied with, but the 
immutability in the document, or I would say document, document, document part of this is really critical. I agree 100%. And it's funny that you say that because most of the conversations that we're having right now are actually are with regulators, right? Because every piece of this has the, and not just from generally regulators are looking at this or would be generally working with firms to ensure that whether or not they're doing the right thing and to essentially to regulate, right? In this particular instance, what's so interesting is that the regulators are actually intrigued by this and not only telling us, telling us you know, what we should be doing, but also how does it make sense to do so that they can build regulation around it. So part and parcel of our approach is as we're building out our platform, we're partnering up with regulators and those within compliance as a matter of fact, the vast majority of our board of advisors, they're comprised of compliance and regulatory professionals who are coming in who are helping us uh, navigate the regulatory channels and try and figure out the why behind what the rules are, right? Not just the what, but the why behind these rules and figuring out how we can leverage this technology to be able to automate automate those processes and to ensure compliance, to ensure audits, to ensure all the things that they're concerned with and so that with digital securities, they would ultimately be the ones that would push more and more for folks to issue their securities moving forward within a digital framework. Sayed, your passion around this is obvious. I've had the opportunity to visit with you now a couple of times. You really evangelize about blockchain, but it really seems to me you've taken that blockchain evangelism to the next level. And you've taken it to a level that, you know, you've created a company around that concept. I know this is going to sound simplistic, but I'm just a lawyer. But it seems to me you're two or three paces past where you were the last time we visited. Uh, Yeah, I think the way that this industry in general, this industry works is it evolved by orders of magnitude. And look, when I first got into this, let's not forget, I'm the guy that I come from the traditional markets, right? Yes, I'm a technology guy. I'm someone who's you know always been fascinated with emerging technologies, but let's not forget that where I've applied those emerging technologies has been in the traditional market. So I'm someone who comes from that side. And it's interesting, my entrance into the blockchain space was as a cynic. I initially came into this thing. I'm like, what is this nonsense? What is this old Bitcoin? And uh, I'm someone who understands finance. I'm someone who understands technology. I'm going to be the one to poke holes into this and expose this thing for the fraud that it is. And went directly to Satoshi's white paper. And when I started reading it, as I'm going through it, my mind was blown. And this is where I was like, oh, my God, this thing is going to change everything as we know it within the space. And then for me, really, when I got involved in this space, the frustrations that I was having was the fact that it was the wild, wild west. And there wasn't regulatory certainty around a lot of things that were going on and a lot of these you know, within the what would make me cringe at the time was when I was seeing these ICOs go off left and right with these utility token use cases and I'm looking at it and I'm like well hold on one second guys I mean this is a wolf instead of sheep's clothing <laughs> this, is, this is crazy we can't do this so the moment when we saw that the regulators and uh, the FTC and some of the folks from there started to actually take notice of it I was actually I was very very pleasant because I initially my thought was that they're going to just come in and put the hammer down and basically put off and everything and crush the industry. But it was actually the approach that they took was very, very pragmatic approach. And so I give full credit to 
and this is someone who's, who's generally been critical of regulators, right? I'm not someone, and not just regulators, just, I just hate red tape bureaucracy. You know, as an entrepreneur, I guess that's part and parcel of who you are. But when I saw the approach that they took, I was very, very surprised. So those rules that they started to institute and they started to put in place, that was what started paving the way for these securities. We started to move away from utility tokens to security tokens, to these security token issuances, to with, uh, with where we are now with digital securities. And to me, when I saw this, I was like, yes, this is the way forward. So how can we as an organization get ahead of all of this stuff? And that was pretty much the genesis behind liquidity. In my world, typically innovation is led not necessarily by the regulators, but the regulators push people like you to innovate. And then the regulators will accept that innovation and then it will continue to evolve. It sounds like really within the markets, that's the same process. Perhaps, though, here we have the regulators a little bit more forward thinking and evolved and actually working with people like yourself so that they can understand your innovation, but then you taking back from them sort of the basics that they need to make a determination under laws and regulations and moving that forward in a business process. Would that be a fair assessment? But in, and look, I mean, you know, I want to be very clear here. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I don't have my own frustrations with the pace of the evolution of regulation as well. Listen, regulation is regulation, right? Regulation is driven through legislation and those things just take their time. So for me as an entrepreneur, again, and also as someone who's in such a high, high paced environment, right, within the blockchain space, it gets to be frustrating because things are just not moving at my pace and at my speed. But then again, this is where being a pragmatist comes in. Look, this is a deck of cards that we've been dealt with, right? It is what it is. So we have to move around that. I think so the good thing is that the regulators are being very, very open-minded about how to approach this and they're very welcoming towards uh, organizations like ours. So what's needed in the industry, and this is something that we're looking forward to, to leading the charge on is to find like-minded within the industry, right? Leaders within the space that are at the forefront of digital securities, whether it's on the issuance or pre-issuance or post-issuance side to come together and work hand in hand with legislators, with the regulators and educate them. Because there's a lot of misconceptions that exist within the space that most people uh, just don't understand. There's confusion between everyone lumps everything together inside of, you know, to mean that blockchain equates to an ICO, which equates to something being illegal. And that's certainly just incorrect, And uh, quite the contrary, this thing is something that is going to bring in massive amounts of innovation. And the thing with innovation is that innovation can't be stopped, right? And innovation is always going to be ahead of regulation. But what's important is that regulation quickly catches up to it. And I think we as the innovators, the responsibility does lie on us where we can't be completely dependent on the regulators to make the changes and then react to it. Instead, what we need to do is we need to get ahead of it, work with the regulators hand in hand so that we can be proactive in this whole process. And that way you have innovation through regulation. Sad, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of the listeners wanted more information on Liquidity Digital, where can they go to find it? So the first place you guys can go and you guys should go is uh, onto our website, just uh, liquidity.digital. And if you guys wanted to hit us up on social media, certainly do so. You could follow me it's at Serial Tech X. Again, Twitter, it's at Serial Tech X. And if there's someone out there who's interested in the uh, digital securities space and or is looking for capital information for this and wants to get involved in this space, reach out to us. We're going 
very, very quickly. And we're always looking for the right partners to partner up with. Well, Cy, this has been a fascinating exploration, and I, for one, can't wait to see where you're going to take Liquidity Digital. So uh, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Looking forward to being back on and providing you with a continuous update in the space. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.